0: Uh, Welcome to episode 50 of the Lebanese Physicians uh, podcast. And today, our episode will be with Dr. Rula Hamoud, who is the chief medical officer of uh, Timonsoa Medical Center, uh, Dubai, and uh, has been involved extensively in uh, quality, in healthcare in Lebanon and the region. And uh, today, our topic will be focused on women leaders in medicine in the Middle East, uh, as Dr. Hamoud is one of the uh, major women leaders in in the area. Uh, welcome, Dr. Hamoud to the podcast.
1: Thank you for the invitation, uh, Khalil. It's an honor for me. Uh, and uh, I, I look forward, really, to, to meet many people, leaders in the healthcare field as well.
0: Thank you. It's great uh, talking to you today. First, I'm going to start with how how did you start your career in medicine? I know that you're an anesthesiologist by training. One, how do you decide to be an anesthesiologist? And then how did your career start in medicine in Lebanon?
1: Yeah. So I did my medical studies in uh, Belgium uh, at the Université Libre de Bruxelles, and uh, I was uh, accepted to, to do cardiology as a sub as a specialty because I was interested really in cardiology. Uh, however, my we used to 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 be as a family in Belgium. So my parents had uh, moved to the Middle East. Uh, Uh, to Egypt. And because I could not uh, continue my studies in Egypt, I moved to the, uh, to Lebanon and I performed, I, well, I had the chance to uh, have a position in the anesthesiology department. And uh, I took this rather than internal medicine, because um, I look very, very closely to look at the immediate effect of the treatment on patients. So, uh, and because this, I, I did um, choose anesthesiology, which is a field that I admire uh, because it, uh, it merges uh, the medical field to the surgical field. It focuses a lot on patient safety and it taught me so many aspects in pain management and in uh, managing uh, patients during surgeries, specifically complex patients. So I did my anesthesiology studies at the American University of Beirut. Uh, and then I continued further fellowship uh, in the UK, in the Midlands area, uh, where I, uh, if you want, refined my uh, practice uh, in obstetric anesthesia and in intensive care uh, management.
0: Yeah, and I enjoy, I always enjoy working with anesthesiologists as we're doing our bronchoscopies and it's always important to have a good relationship and good anesthesiologists are always good to work with. And so what led you, so we we discussed a bit about safety, so what led you into the medical administration field, specifically initially into the quality and safety uh, field, how did you decide to pursue further studies in that field?
1: Yeah, so uh, actually after I came back to Lebanon, uh, once I f- finished my uh, fellowship in UK, I came back and I practiced in different hospitals in Lebanon. Uh, And you know the anesthesiologist, he doesn't have a clinic outside the hospital. Uh, It's all hospital processes, hospital work. And because we are in different places in the hospital, we are in the operating room. However, we can be in the ER. As you said, we can be in the bronchoscopy suite. We can be in the cath lab, in the MRI suite. So we administer really anesthesia in the delivery suite. So we administer anesthesia in different um, areas in the hospital. So my my curiosity drove me to understand uh, the processes and uh, uh, to, to dig more into uh, the reasons behind, you know, sometimes unsafe uh, practices that we do. Uh, and uh, because, you know, anesthesia is a very, very safe practice in medicine, uh, actually, many studies show that uh, after cardiac surgery, it is the safest practice, I mean, the safest uh, specialty in medicine. So I got uh, interested in safety and in quality. I was uh, managing the operating room and in uh, in all the hospitals I worked at. And... Uh, I, I don't know if it was something um, uh, from within that showed that I'm uh, I'm interested in management. However, I suddenly found myself in uh, like managerial pos- positions, like a director of the operating room, uh, chairing the the OR committee, member of the medical board, the head of the anesthesia department. And so I was obliged, whenever I accepted those positions, I was obliged to be fit for the position. So, this is how I decided to uh, pursue further studies. And I started by studying management at a really very uh, basic level, uh, which is uh, doing uh, courses just to understand the management uh, itself. Uh, In 2005, I moved uh, to Clemenceau Medical Center. And uh, as a regular anesthesiologist, I did not have any uh, managerial positions, and uh, uh, I was so happy moving to an institution that is uh, paperless, Uh, so I started understanding more the electronic medical records, uh, how it works, uh, uh, how can we improve the system, how to Get physicians to uh, implement the system because uh, you know it's a new system and uh, physicians are used to hard copies, so it was a bit uh, difficult to make them uh, to convince them to to go to this to the electronic. So uh, managing the resistance. Suddenly, I see. Th- I mean, the the management at Clemenso. Uh, uh, appointed me as uh, the chair of the Clinical Data and Documentation Committee uh, to help in this. And we started really uh, a journey where we established the standards and uh, slowly, slowly I got involved into quality management. And because we were affiliated to Johns Hopkins International, we were involved also in preparation for the JCI accreditation And again, I was appointed as a Medical Quality Director, and suddenly I found myself obliged also to do further studies in order to fit the position. Sometimes you have the skills, however you need the knowledge. Uh, You can learn the knowledge through experience, but I wanted to have it through both ways. So this is how I uh, got my diploma at uh, the um, ESA Business School in Beirut, which is affiliated to paris Set University in France. And afterwards, I did the further diplomas uh, in coaching, in executive coaching, in uh, mediation. And uh, then I went to Harvard Business School to do uh, an executive certification in healthcare management. And the last diploma I did uh, was in corporate governance. That was uh, two years ago. So this is the track. This is how I did it really, the experience with uh, the knowledge. And after a few years also, I was appointed as chief quality officer, where you, I was leading the whole quality improvement processes at Clemenceau Medical Center, uh, Beirut. Uh, meaning, you no, know, not only clinical, it's also operational and uh, really... Um, building a culture of quality and embed this culture in the people working at the hospital was really the target and the objective of uh, my work as a chief quality officer.
0: And was it, so I know, I mean, in Lebanon, sometimes it's like introducing these concepts sometimes can be difficult just because of, I think people are used to working a certain way, and then you have to change uh, the way they work. So was it easy or was it a well
1: it was process. it was very challenging uh, the as i told you the there is resistance uh, from different parties to implement the processes the standards uh however when you succeed and you celebrate success with everyone so everyone would know how uh what it means and really in beirut we managed to have many accreditations not only the jci we applied to many Uh, Many awards and we were able to get it because of uh, the work that we were doing, whether it is um, at the patient safety level, at the uh, performance improvement level, at the accreditation level, at the risk management level. And after a while, I felt that um, it's not uh, all about the people and the patients coming to CMC. This should be really for every patient in Lebanon. And uh, so why is it that the patient in CMC should be safer than a patient in another place? And this is uh, how the idea of building the Lebanese Society for Quality and Safety in Healthcare came to me. Uh, actually, I used to attend many conferences and meet many international speakers and see how the other other countries are doing it by having societies to discuss about quality and patient safety. Uh, and here, there was a challenge uh, in uh, founding this society because uh, uh, I could not find the way where should I go. So I went to the uh, Lebanese order of Physicians, and then uh, I noticed that no, it's not only about physicians uh, in this society. There should it should be multidisciplinary, and we should have more stakeholders than physicians. So, we have nurses, we have dietitians, physiotherapists, administrators. So, uh, I went to the Ministry of Public Health, and the Ministry of Public Health uh, they said uh, we are we should be like a dog watch, and if we have if we establish something within within uh, the ministry, it's. Um, uh, it will be some we are regulatory and if there is any society like this, uh, we will be obliged to take actions and actually it was not the objective of the society not to look into errors and highlight and pinpoint errors. it's more about improving uh, the, the health care systems in uh, Lebanon. So I was advised to establish an NGO and this is what we did with a group of uh, colleagues who were really very helpful and um, we established the society. That we've, we, we built it uh, with an objective of becoming a, a, an educational forum, a training forum and to perform regular scientific uh, meetings and workshops and uh, trainings and uh, really we were we were very successful we performed every year uh, a national uh, conference uh, we invited international speakers so we brought people to the people uh, to the to the region and to lebanon and uh, we allowed all uh, quality and safety uh, personnel and advocate to attend those uh, meetings and to interact with those uh, speakers uh, we did workshops as well so it was really opening um, uh, the door for for those who cannot go abroad, who cannot uh, learn uh, learn it this way, to bring the information to them, and uh, we we also did like yearly workshops: one on patient safety, uh, one time we did on medication safety. So every every year it was a different topic, until really the economic crisis uh, came, where and of course, uh, there were like, um, it's a period of three years where you have presidents and there were elections of other uh, colleagues, uh, Dr. Ubarasi, Dr. Um, Ms. Rula Zahar. So they were all on the same track uh, towards the same objective, which is really building uh, capacity in Lebanon in this field.
0: So we were basically, uh, basically representatives from a lot of the major hospitals and maybe other hospitals in Lebanon were uh, present in this uh, committee because, because pr- prior to establishing it, there's no, there were no, let's say, quality metrics set by the Ministry of Public Health, right?
1: Well, uh, prior to this, uh, the the accreditation has started in Lebanon, and I think Lebanon was pioneer in this uh, in two thousand nine. Uh, we established uh, the uh, standard a bit more, a bit before perhaps, in 2004. Uh, the, The Lebanese standards for accreditation were established by the Ministry of Public Health and they were renewed afterwards in 2009 or 2012, I cannot remember. So within those standards, they do say, yes, we need to establish quality metrics and each hospital has to establish its own quality metric. Uh, However, uh, for us as a society, the last project that we worked on, it was in collaboration with the WHO. And uh, uh, we worked on uh, on having a patient safety uh, uh, forum for all hospitals and on building indicators and metrics for all hospitals to to measure themselves and to report them. ideal would have been to create a benchmark between all hospitals, an anonymous benchmark for for hospitals to know themselves, where where they are, how they can improve. So what we did, we established like national patient safety goals. Uh, uh, Those are based, uh, we identified those goals uh, when we looked at the journey of the patient from his admission until his discharge. And for each step of his journey, we established few goals. And then uh, those goals, uh, uh, we had the support of the Ministry of Interior to, we created like a video as an awareness for patients, for community in uh, in Lebanon. And uh, we had this video going out on TVs on uh, just as, as awareness and for patients to know that their safety is a right for them. It's not uh, something that we we consider that uh, is uh, something parallel. It's really a core thing within the healthcare systems. And it should be really on on the top of the mind of each healthcare leader uh, in every healthcare system. So we established those indicators. We even um, did the training sessions for, um, we did a pilot study. We involved five hospitals. We trained them on how to collect the data, how to analyze the data, and how this will help them. And uh, the last step was uh, to, um, to create like a, an electronic platform uh, to perform the benchmarking and to upload the data on this platform. And uh, I, now my successors are continuing to, to reach uh, this goal.
0: So they are working on reaching this goal but, but probably it slowed down because of the economic crisis. Hey,
1: correct, correct.
0: But I'm sure they will get there uh, at some point. Next the Hopefully.
1: Course. I mean, what is so amazing in Lebanon is that, uh, you know, those small... Uh, although you don't have a structure, still you have those small parties of people who can make a difference. And, uh, and I think uh, education and training is very important uh, to do this difference.
0: Right, right. It's more small, individual and maybe collective efforts are able to yeah. overcome some of the lack of structure that is present in the country. Um, and so what led you? I know CMC decided at one point to open up in Dubai, and how were you involved in this? And how did you end up becoming uh, moving to Dubai and becoming Chief Medical Officer at uh, CMC Dubai? Uh,
1: yes, so... Uh in each career, uh, Khalil, uh, I don't know, perhaps it's only me. After a few years, uh, you get bored and you want a change. You want to do something different. You want to do something uh, en plus. However, um, uh, being at CMC, I could not feel that there is a better place uh, than, than this in Lebanon. So I started looking uh, Uh, outside. And this is where I started also uh, teaching at the universities, uh, giving lectures on risk management and helping the Ministry of Public Health for the accreditation standards, because really I wanted to always do something uh, in parallel to my full-time work uh, at Clemenceau. So So looking for a change I did, I mean I was approached by different hospitals here in Dubai and in the region, uh, asking for a chief quality officer uh, or an anesthesiologist and um, I wanted really to keep the the administrative uh, part, so our CEO in Beirut uh, did uh, did uh, I mean uh, suggest that instead of moving with other hospitals no you stay with CMC and the CMC is expanding building abroad so it's worth um, perhaps uh, going with uh, CMC to, to Dubai and here I started uh, the work with them to to consult for Dubai and to give uh, opinion we created recruitment uh, committee uh, to recruit physicians uh, we used to come and go uh, to see the progress of the work. Until in 2019, I moved uh, here as a chief medical officer. Uh, and uh, so my role here uh, is to, to match the quality and the medical administration together in order to have uh, a solid uh, medical uh, team and, and medical body.
0: So, so basically, you started you started in, at the hospital from scratch, like the, you, you were involved. Yeah,
1: well, before in- it was, well, yes. So basically, when I moved here, it was, the hospital was not handed over yet. It was still in the building phase. So uh, I moved in October 2019, uh, 1st of October, uh, and um, uh, they handed over the hospital to us and the contractors handed it in uh, January 2020. And we started commissioning and uh, setting the systems, setting the processes, uh, agreeing with the insurance companies uh, until end of March, where COVID hit and uh, the lockdown was there, and uh, uh, this was really the challenge of my life.
0: So, yeah. So, so yeah, there, there were, I guess, month, several challenges. One is starting a hospital from scratch in Dubai, which is already a competitive environment over there and setting all the systems in place. And then the challenge of everybody at that time dealing with with COVID and uh, the uh, unknown and unexpected consequences of the disease. Uh, So how, but it seems like despite these challenges uh, the systems were set in place very quickly and uh, the hospital was, or, or the recruitment process was, Quick to build up a good uh, or an extensive medical staff at the hospital. So how how did you manage, or how did you and the team manage to do that? Because I know it yeah. doesn't. It's not one person. It's a team of
1: people. No, exactly. Uh, the many challenges, uh, Khalil. Uh, you're coming to a new country. You have different rules, different regulations. Uh, you need to know about those. Uh, you need to understand the market. It's a completely different market. Very competitive market. Uh, you need to understand the demographics, the population is a young population, uh, and at the same time, in parallel, we need to recruit high caliber physicians because this is our way of doing things, and yani, this is how we did it in Lebanon, and we wanted to continue because the brand is the brand and we cannot really compromise. So recruiting physicians from all over the world, uh, our personal contacts, our, uh, them, uh, the team, I mean, who was on the credentialing committee, they knew each one of us had friends of, uh, around the, the world. And we started from there. Um, actually, when we started, we were 11 physicians and uh, we were due to have the rest of the team joining in April. Uh, and then lockdown uh, was announced and the team could not join. And we had only us, 11 physicians, we had to manage, we had we were obliged to open the hospital for COVID patients, although we were not ready yet. However, it was a pandemic and we were obliged to do this. So we opened uh, the hospital. <laughs> you know, sometimes it was part of the risk management um, uh, concepts that you have sometimes you want to start a new, and you start by really very very nice cases small cases where you don't want to compromise you want to test your systems you want to see everything is okay and now we started by a huge challenge we started by intubated patients by uh by we managed like 16 intubated patients at one time at a time and uh alhamdulillah yani the 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 mortality rate was below what was announced internationally. Uh, we are so proud of what we did. And uh, even the uh, the Ministry of Health recognized this and recognized all the support that we provided in such a primitive... Uh, I mean, the hospital is well-equipped, however, the human resources were lacking.
0: We yeah, were lacking at the time, yes. So that's a tremendous, yeah, tremendous yeah. effort. And so how, how many beds is the hospital now yeah
1: we we, we are we uh, 95 beds we can go up to 100 beds uh, we have all specialties except we don't do pediatric uh, cardiac surgery and we don't do burns and we don't have radiation oncology and other other than this everything is available
0: so between march 2020 till now how many phys- how many full-time physicians are there and how many part-time physicians are there
1: so we, we grew up now, today I have 75 full-time physicians uh, to include all services physicians, anesthesia, radiologists, laboratory, pathology, emergency medicine, ICU, uh, and hospitalists, plus all other specialties, and um, I do have uh, 25 visiting doctors from Beirut and uh, around uh, 30 physicians locally established who work on a part-time basis. We have uh, also, on top of this, um, just started the Johns Hopkins uh, visiting program. We are receiving doctors coming from Johns Hopkins uh, to the region. This is uh, something, I mean, we were the first hospital in Dubai to affiliate to an international, uh, an American hospital. And um, this is because CMC is very, uh, uh, I mean, uh, is a very safe place and very advanced place for those physicians to practice at.
0: And uh, uh, as a woman, so you're a woman leader in, in the region, and uh, I think the region is moving forward tremendously over the past years now, but did you feel some challenges being a woman leader, uh, trying to recruit physicians and build up a hospital and uh, and move things forward in the region?
1: Uh, being at cmc i've never noticed this i mean um uh, in general in at cmc in general the the diversity uh, is uh, well respected and uh, wanted Uh, we work uh, uh, there is equity and we don't feel that uh, women are uh, less uh, than men. Neither in Dubai, in Dubai it was um, a very nice experience. Blacks, you go, you visit visit, uh, governmental places, and people are very respectful for women. Uh, They value them. And uh, many places, they do have um, women leaders uh, here. Uh, challenges, yes, uh, challenges are the same uh, for a woman even in the States. I think uh, I've read many articles that uh, uh, that uh, only 27% of women are in managerial positions uh, uh, out of the 50% of uh, the global work. Although women are يعني, half-half in the global workforce, uh, 27% only reach the managerial positions and even less. They reach to the executive uh, positions. Uh, um, the challenges and on top uh, of that, I
0: think the the pay, the pay uh, everywhere, even in the U.S. too, the yes, pay for it's women is always uh, less than the pay for men.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So it's not very different from the international uh, way. It's not because it's Dubai or Lebanon. Uh, on the contrary, I could I I feel that I am equal to. Uh, any leader and uh, I can uh, do, I mean, the performance is based on uh, different criteria, and uh, when you have built your family and you've been through. Uh, you manage your time well to uh, to have your children uh, You don't bother about them, so you can still give uh, the same at the same level of uh, a man, and there should be no difference at all, really. Right.
0: And who has been who has been an inspiration for you? Like, who would you say has been an inspiration for you uh, along the way?
1: Yeah, <laughs> many many i mean as a female you see, you say as a female leader yeah many people in my life really uh, affected me i used to have uh, well my mother as a child although she was not working outside but she she used to to be at home for us because um, my father used to be outside all the time being uh, previously in the in the military and then as a diplomat so so she compensated uh, for both and, um, and this also also, put uh, inspired me really to be uh, the, the the mother at home who cannot compromise her children for the sake of the work, uh, which uh, my children don't believe this way. They they still believe that <laughs> it was not uh, done properly. However, uh, you know you compromise lots of your social uh, life uh, if you want to stay with uh, with them at home. Uh, and during my career, um, I had many uh, teachers, many uh, colleagues uh, who really uh, left a print uh, somehow, uh, whether it is in, uh, in um, uh, it's either uh, something um, on your daily life that you are impressed by someone and you just say, I want to do the same. It's uh, unconscious. Uh, I have a, f- a very close friend, uh, Dr. Uh, Vanda Abirad. Yeah, who I know very well. I, I love
0: her. Yeah.
1: So, for example, uh, she left many... Uh, I mean, she's someone uh, that inspires me a lot. Uh, Dr. Lubarasi, who is a uh, uh, member with us in the society, is also someone really I admire. So, uh, yeah, many people who are in the same situation as me. I think we... We give each other this energy and those ideas.
0: So what is your advice for uh, future women leaders who want to follow your path?
1: My advice uh, is uh, to uh, persevere, to continue, to believe in uh, what you want and to believe in what you do and to have a purpose in life. Uh, The more we grow, the more uh, this purpose becomes clearer and um, to never stop because um, there are always and there will be always somewhere someone in need for our knowledge and our skills. So uh, just we can give it in a very different way. I mean, uh, perhaps in a few years I will not be in the same pla- place. I'm looking perhaps forward to uh, to go into education, into training, into uh, consulting and to advising, and um, this is how we maintain uh, the momentum and how we 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 build new gener- generations and we build capacity uh, for a field that really I, I admire and I like. And the healthcare systems in in the whole world should be really up to very 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 high standards because uh, the human being deserves this.
0: And finally, uh, what are you, what are the future plans for CMC Dubai uh, moving forward?
1: So, CMC Dubai uh, will continue to grow. We will continue to have uh, new serv- new services, and we will continue to excel in uh, in administering those services. Uh, CMC Dubai, uh, as I can see, it will become a hub uh, for the region, uh, it will serve not only the, the community of the UAE, it will serve the uh, JCC uh, community, uh, and of course, because we are sticking to our uh, mission and our vision to, uh, to stay up to the highest standards of healthcare.
0: Uh, thank you, Dr. Hamoud, for being on the podcast. I think uh, we were able to, in this short period of time, we were able to discuss your career path, your uh, involvement in quality and quality improvement in Lebanon, and then your establishment of a hospital in Dubai. Uh, that's tremendous work. And uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast.
1: I thank you very much, Khalil, and
0: uh, all the best.